0: And again, given their life, I, I was reminded of something uh, I read that Greg Laurie had, had shared in a service uh, a few years ago. And it was a it was a statement by Alexa de uh, uh, Tocquevillea. He was a, a French uh, political thinker and a historian. He wrote a book and it was called Democracy in America. And it was during uh, the early stages of our country, the early years of our country, uh, after we, the Declaration of Independence was written and our country was established. And uh, he he said this, he made a statement about the greatness of America, Uh, and and, and again, that bears us remembering today as we begin our service. He said, I sought for the greatness and the genius of America uh, in her commodious harbors and her ample rivers, and it was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. In her rich mines and in her vast world commerce, and it was not there in her democratic Congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and I heard her pulpits aflame with the righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because she is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. And I think, you know, what a what a profound statement, you know, and, and just to, to be able to, to see that in our country. And yet I think most of us would say today, something's been lost, you know, along the way, um, our greatness, you know, as a country has come from our goodness. And, and, and I believe that that, that goodness that we've enjoyed, you know, I think you would agree. It comes from our faith. It comes from our faith in God, that we serve a good God and uh and we think about legacy and we think about life and that life that has been given to us by god himself through jesus christ and and he is our model of faith and practice and we we've, we've gathered in this place today not just to to talk about him and to sing about him and to hear his word, but to pray for, you know, Larry mentioned there in worship, you know, is that the application, you know, it's, it's living out the thing that God is doing in us. And that's why it's so important, you know, for our children periodically to be with us, you know, in service. I always love, uh, when there's, when there's babies in the service and babies start to cry. Because you'll have people that oh, they're in service and you know, and this isn't anything about anybody in particular, not even necessarily today, but you know, like a baby can make a noise in the service and people go like this. It's like, are you kidding me? Babies babies and and like, and I always laugh at that because, you know, you think about, you know, in the times of Christ and and he was born in in a manger, right? You know, and the greatest worship service that ever happened was obviously at the birth of Jesus, you know, and you think there's the cattle were probably singing, right? You know, the the lambs that were gathered there, you know, and, and thinking that one day that the, the lion will lie down with the lamb and, and, and creation, and it will be in perfect harmony, you know, that even the, the trees clap their hands, you know, and, and, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to have, you know, our kids with us. And I won't say that in every single service, obviously that's why we have age specific ministry, but there's a time when it's so special to bring um, our family together and this particular weekend as we celebrate memorial weekend as you you think about the the ultimate price that was paid uh, by many in our country for us to enjoy those freedoms but we can be so far removed from it until your life has been touched by it you know i i only know this just from personal experience you know i've shared with you you know my uh, my dad was an only child and, uh, his father was killed when my dad was seven years old. My, my grandfather was a police officer and he was shot and killed in the line of duty. And, and so I know firsthand what it's like to be around somebody who grew up experiencing tremendous loss, who didn't have, uh, you know, a family member, a father figure, you know, in their life. I shared this on Wednesday night. I think, you know, one of the greatest problems facing our country today is fatherless homes. Um, more than anything else. I mean, we can talk about all kinds of political things, but there's a biblical, you know, um, reason, you know, for family. And to be able to have a Sunday like this, where we can celebrate, you know, not only those that gave their life, you know, through uh, the armed forces and paid the ultimate sacrifice, but to appreciate um, those freedoms that that are ours today. And and then I think about you know what happened you know in Texas you know this past week you know and you have nineteen you know children and two adults that that were senselessly you know murdered uh, in a school where their parents thought that they were safe, and and today you know our kids are here and I and I think about that because you know at times we we can be so frustrated you know with things in life like I said it could just be the the cry of a child you know and I think about today what those families wouldn't give in Texas to be able to have the irritant, you know, of, of a child's cry or to have the pestering, you know, of, a, of a child, you know, how much longer, how much longer, you know, uh, when are we going to be there? When are we going to be there? You know, do uh, the questions that come up. And again, sometimes we don't realize how good we have it until we don't have it any longer. And, and part of that, you know, like I said, brings us back to you know, obviously the cross and we realize what Jesus has done for us and what he's accomplished. And so, um, as we look at, you know, the word today, I think even in beginning, uh, you know, as we, we take a moment, you know, to pray, uh, first and foremost, to thank God for his tremendous sacrifice that he loved this world so much that he gave his son. If there's anybody that understands loss, it's God. And again, so there's no one who suffers loss that, that could ever say that, you know, God doesn't understand that, that God doesn't care. Um, because God gave his son, he wasn't taken from him. He gave his son that we could all be reconciled back to God and that we could experience heaven one day and, and to appreciate those that, that, like I said, in our military, the men and women who the armed forces that serve, not just in this country, you know, and we read that passage in John 15:13, where it says, you know, no greater love is any man than this than a man lay down his life for his friend, but to think that the many in our, our military have laid down their life for complete strangers. You know, just because of the fact of, of the love of God that that fills their heart and their mind with regard to caring about people and loving people and being willing to sacrifice and then and then praying for the families, families of those that have lost loved ones that um, they have an empty chair you know around the table today and and we 've all been touched by that kind of loss, whether it was through military or just through death itself uh, it 's a painful thing we were not created for death, we were created for life, and so um, the, these are you know, though they're hard days in many ways, they're wonderful days because they, they put things into perspective. And I'll share a few of those things with you uh, this morning. But I'm reminded, you know, of what God has shared with us in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. He says, you know, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray you know, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then would I hear from heaven and I would heal the land. And and we need a healing uh, in our land. I know that you know that as believers today, we we see things a lot more clear. We don't see everything clearly, but we see what's going on in this world a lot more clearer than the world around us because we see it from a biblical perspective. We see it from a, you could say a heavenly perspective. We're not looking this way. We're looking down upon it. And and we see that God is is in the midst of all this. But there's a lot of pain today in our country. We are a divided country. Um, There's no question about that. And it reminds me of Israel and its divided kingdom, the Northern and the Southern kingdom, but God worked through all of that. And God was faithful through all of that. And God is faithful even today. And uh, he's here with us. And maybe in a short talk with so many people this week that, and it's what's led me to share with you, what I'm gonna share with you, is there's just a lot of pain today. There's a lot of hurt that people are feeling. There's a lot of confusion about what's going on in the world. Parents today, more than ever, uh, you know, I thank God that, you know, that I'm not raising babies, you know, in, in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. And it takes a very special parent to, to be able to parent and navigate uh, life as it is uh, right now in this world. But the good news is that that God is here and that he's available and there's a comfort for us and there's a hope. And it's moments like this where we need to, you know, when we've been, you know, taking a gut shot or a punch in the stomach, as you might say, to realign our thinking and to and to. Make sure that we know what we believe, amen. And and to call upon the name of the Lord, and we need to do that today. That we call upon the name of the Lord, that He would He would heal this land, that we would repent of being a, a nation that's not one nation under God. That we're not a nation that's seeking Him um, the way that we once did. You know, what, what was observed and what made us great. But that doesn't mean that we can't return to that. And that's what we pray. And it's why we're here. We're why you know we. We grow in the knowledge of the gospel and why we look for opportunity to share it with the people that we come in contact with, whether it be our neighbors, our coworkers, family members, complete strangers, uh, you know, to know that we know the truth. And Jesus said, you know, the truth and the truth will set you free. So this bondage that we see the world in, uh, I still believe today I, I preach it. I believe it. I believe Jesus is the hope for America today. I believe he he's the hope for our homes today. And so I'm so appreciative that you're here, you know, on a Sunday like this. And 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 for some families have to go, man, it's like, you know, to have the kids with us, they're going to be disruptive. And it's like, man, let them be, you know, of all the days that we could hug our kids a little bit more and, and enjoy them a little bit longer, because there's a lot of families today that don't have that privilege and that joy. and And we can do that even for other people. You know, the sacrifice that people make for us is so that we can, even more so appreciate the freedoms and the blessings that we have in this life amen well let 's open up with a word of prayer, and uh, we 'll we'll get into this and like i said we 'll and cut you loose here, Father, we thank you for your life and your love, we thank you for your word. we pray that Lord, just these few minutes that we have that you would just knit our hearts together and encourage us and strengthen us and Lord, we thank you so much for those in our military who have paid the ultimate price and We thank you for this weekend that it wouldn't just be us just having a great time and having barbecues and family get-togethers those those are wonderful and we should have those it's part of um how you created us uh, lord to to celebrate it's like why we love to worship but help us to not lose sight of those that lord are hurting today that are sensing and feeling the loss of a loved one who made today possible for us and most of all that takes us back to you Uh, lord that you loved us so much that you gave your only son to die for us. You allowed your son to pay the ultimate sacrifice that those who'd placed their hope and their trust in you would live. And so we pray your peace and your comfort and your joy would fill every heart, every home. We pray for those families in Uvalde, Texas today that Lord are going through their first Sunday. I pray that they made it to church today. That Lord, you put things into perspective for them and that they would know today that their children are safe and in the arms of God more than anything else that God, they, they would know that truth and that would bring them comfort Lord, we, as your word says, we comfort those uh, with the comfort that we ourselves have been comforted by God. And we're called by your word to rejoice with them that rejoice and to sorrow with them that sorrow. And so parts of our hearts today, they sorrow with those people there. Uh, And Lord, we pray that the God of all comfort Lord would, would be with them. And Lord, we just thank you that we can lift up people that we don't even know that Lord will meet one day. Uh, we'll meet them in heaven and to know that god we could we could make a difference Lord in their their Sunday, just praying for them and and asking you as the God of heaven, Lord to be with them and to touch them, Lord to bring them peace like no one else can, and so Lord, we pray for them, we pray for us, pray for every heart, every home, those that are be watching online today, God bless them, Lord, we pray in Jesus name, amen, you know this week, you know, I was in the book of Psalms a lot just because of the questions, you know, that people were asking. The first passage I want to share with you is in Psalm 46, one and two. Um, you know, it says this, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. That's just a good word for this week. It says, so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. You know, and you think about, uh, you know, uh, God being ever, ever near to us. You know, this week, a couple questions came up and, and, you know, over and over and over again. And so I, as I was teaching on this on Wednesday and then the questions continue to come Thursday and Friday uh, over the weekend, I thought, you know, I'm just going to, um, take some time here Sunday and just address these things and hope that it, it brings comfort and encouragement to you as well as equip us to not get caught up in the political aspects of the things that are going on in the world today and which dominate many churches Um, is that we stay focused on the things up above and and I think it'll make sense to you as we look at this, but two questions in particular that came up, you know, is why does God allow such evil and suffering in the world? That's probably the most pressing question that's being asked and discussed even on television. Uh, and then secondly, where's God? in moments like this and so i wanted to address those two with you one is you know where or excuse me why is there evil you know and to be honest with you i don't i don't know the answer completely uh, to that but what i do know and what is not in question is the sovereignty of god that god is in control and that uh, he's in control even in the midst of evil we see all throughout scripture that he he Ultimately, you know, can capitalize on it. He doesn't create it in the sense he didn't call for it to happen, but he definitely takes advantage of it for his glory and for our good. Uh, I believe that uh, you know he's a god of, of love. He's a god of mercy. He's a god of compassion. Um, we see that you know all throughout our lives. Uh, a passage of scripture that, that really came to mind this week, though, is from Second Thessalonians two seven, where the Bible speaks of evil. As a mystery, it says for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work and only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And so, you know, people, you know, ask, you know, why is there evil? And you go, well, there's just things that we can't really comprehend. We can go back to the fall and we can talk to people about the fall of man. But even evil in and of itself is, is a mystery, the Bible says. And if it's a mystery to the Apostle Paul, it's okay for it to be a mystery to us. One of the, the struggles sometimes we have as believers is we feel like we have to have all the answers. We don't have to have all the answers. God has all the answers. Amen? And that's why we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. See, the world you know wants an answer for everything. And yet for the believers that we recognize, sometimes... You know, the answers to our why questions are substitutions for trust, where God has just called us to trust. Like I've shared with you, you know, even if God told us the answer, it wouldn't bring us peace. And so God invites us, instead of asking you know, for the answers, just to pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we need to remember that. You know, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. And who really knows how bad it is? What we have to understand is, you know, God's created mankind for freedom. And and that freedom includes choice. We are are free to choose, but we don't necessarily get to choose the outcome. You know, I I taught this going all the way back to when I was a youth pastor, you know, that, you know, it was a little proverbial statement. You know, I used to say to the kids is that he who chooses the beginning of the road does not choose its end thereof. Uh, You know, sometimes we think, oh, it won't hurt anybody. Uh, You know what I'm doing when you don't realize the implications of it, because the Bible says that sin is blindness. And so we see things that have long-term repercussions. You know, you think about just what took place in Uvalde this week, that's gonna impact you know, that community for generations. It's not just gonna be for a year or two, that, that is, will impact people's families from now until you know, they meet the Lord and the, or the Lord returns to this earth. Um, it, it's just, there, there's just things that you know, are, man is so capable of that is so contrary to God. Um, and yet, like I said, there, there's consequences for our choices. And it's something that we each need to think about, you know, as well, you know, because freedom allows you know, evil to exist. It's people who actually actualize it. You know, God created us with the freedom to choose. And, and so, you know, those are things, like I said, might not be the best answer for you, but those are things that we need to consider uh, the second you know being where is god in moments like this and i shared this on wednesday night and i share it with you today psalm 34:18 says the lord is close to the brokenhearted he rescues those whose spirits are crushed just understand this god is always close to the brokenhearted you think about that in your own life and god he is always there in the midst of a storm, you know, God is there. You know, I was laying in bed this week and my heart was just broken, you know, for these, these families. And I was thinking about, you know, probably like you were, you know, what were these children having to go through? What were they experiencing as you know this gunman enters into, you know, a school and to think about, you know, that they're, you know, for those kids, 19 kids, you know, they're, they're not with us any longer, but then to think for a second, what were they doing? And you hear the, the things that people say, you know, the, the, well, they were calling 911, right? And they were, they were reaching out, they were crying out, you know, help me, help me. And I think, you know, that here's God, that God is near the brokenhearted. He hears the cry, especially of children more than anything. And then to think of the reality as a believer today. So you think, so there was a children, children, one moment we're in that classroom and where were they at the next in the very presence of God. And you think about that for a second, you know, so if you could talk to those children and say, you know, would you rather be in Uvalde or would you rather be in the presence of God? And no, none of those children would ever want to go back to that classroom and not just because they didn't want to go to school, but just the fact that, you know, and these are things that are beyond our comprehension in one sense, because to be with God is the ultimate. We get these glimpses here on earth, even in worship, you know, you come in, some of you, you know, brokenhearted. And, and you, you've experienced such pain, but yet you cry out to God and you're in worship and, and not even understanding necessarily, but just going, God, I don't, I don't get it, but I know that you do. And, and you are worthy of all praise and all glory and all honor. And all of a sudden something's lifted off of you and you feel like, you know, in that very moment, you and you could die yourself because you're just going, I, I am so free in this moment. And, and you think about it and you go, why? And you go, because I'm in the very presence of God. There's nothing like it. We weren't created for earth. We were created for Jesus. And that's, i think. sometimes we get it so wrong. We work so hard for the things of this world and this life. And we put so much investment into it. And you go, but we can take none of these things with us. This life is to prepare us for heaven. You know, what we learn in life is life doesn't, doesn't, you know, teach you anything about faith, what life does is it reveals our faith. And that's important because people, oh, we need these experiences. We need to do this. And you go, wait a second, wait a second. The book of Romans makes perfectly clear, you know, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing comes by what? The word of God. Yeah. That's where our faith grows. Life just reveals what's in it. Like I said, life is like a cup, right? And whatever's in your cup, when your cup gets bumped and my cup gets bumped, that's what comes out. That's an old expression. Garbage in, Jesus in, Jesus out. Yeah. So, so clear. You know, James one, two, and four tells us this, says, dear brothers, it says, and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Think about the last time when trouble came your way and you go, honey, guess what? It's an opportunity for joy, right? We don't, we don't think like that. But that's what James is saying, though. It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Isn't it amazing how God looks at a trial in comparison to how you and I look at a trial? We get all frustrated, we get all angry, we become bitter, and God's going, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to work out what I'm working in you, you know? And you go, oh, great, this is an opportunity to bring glory to God. You know, people walk away from God all the time. You, you see it. Matter of fact, the Olivet Discourse, you know, Matthew 24 and 25 tells us this, this is what's going to happen in the end, di- end times, the last days. The love of many I've been sharing with you is going to what? It's going to grow cold, and people are going to walk away from God. They are, they are in droves going to walk away. You have people this week that have walked away from God that just because of what happened in Uvalde and you go, so they blame God for that instead of going us taking responsibility. God, God didn't create us for evil. He didn't create us to kill and murder each other but he gave us the choice. Like I said, evil exists in the world, but it's human beings that actualize it. You know, it's like saying, you know, do guns kill people? And you go, no, people kill people. And if they didn't have a gun, they'd use a car or they'll use a knife or they'll use anything that they possibly can. Cain killed his brother, Abel. He didn't have a gun. You know, what did he use? Probably a stick, probably a rock of some sort, probably his hands, you know, again, shed his blood. You know, it, it, we have a choice. We, we have the, the ability to choose. And yet I, I'm reminded in John chapter six, if you remember the story, Jesus said that he was the bread that has come down from heaven, right? And he said, and if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, he's speaking of his ultimate sacrifice. He said, you have nothing to do with me. And it says, and many of the Jews who listened to him and had been walking with him it says, they said, this is a hard thing that he says. And it says, and they turned and they walked with him no more. And then Jesus turns right around and he looks at Peter and the disciples and Peter speaking for the disciples. He says to Peter, he says, will you walk away too? And what did Peter say? It's what you and I would hope that we'd say, right? He said, Lord, where would we go for you have the words of life? So my question for all of us today, young, old alike, what's it going to take for you to walk away? What's it going to take for you to walk away? Because those things are happening. (laughs) I mean, we're thinking the speed in which things are happening in the world today. And people are becoming so disillusioned, so discouraged. They become cynical. They become bitter. And ultimately, they do what? They walk away. And so we have this exhortation in scripture. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Peter, understanding it in that moment, going, you know, and himself, you know, his own failure later on, would abandon Jesus. But Jesus would come, and he'd rescue him, just like he's come to rescue me and to rescue you. I can tell you this. No problem is ever solved by running away from God. Amen? Not one problem. The goodness of God, it's all around us. You think about it. We've experienced it this morning. We'll experience it today. You'll be with family. You'll be with friends. You'll hear laughter. You'll have joy. People will be enjoying life. And you go, man, this is good. The goodness of God is never in question when I am happy. The goodness of God only comes into question when, when tragedy strikes and when things don't go my way. And then I start asking, why, why, why me? Why me? Instead of, you know, what, what I should be doing, if we're going to be fair about this, next time you get blessed, you should look up to God and you go, why me? You know, why me? Why not everybody? You go oh, no, no, I'm okay with this. You know, I'm okay. But when tragedy, I just, and I see how selfish I am. I see how, you know, self-absorbed I can be, you know, and, and even in pain and suffering, not even to be consoled. You know, it's like we want to, you know, experience it, you know, completely, you know, ourselves. I can tell you this. Here's the point. Eliminating God does not eliminate tragedy. See, people will run from God. they go, that's it. I give up, you know, I follow God, but I'm not anymore because look what he did. And you go, I can just tell you this. Eliminating God... Will not eliminate tragedy. But having God can make sense of the tragedy. You know, Greg Laurie, I shared this on Wednesday, said it best. You know, people say, well, Christianity is a crutch. And he goes, it is not. It's a hospital. It's everything. (laughs) Jesus is everything to us. You want it to be a crutch? Let it be a crutch. Let it be an ambulance. Let it be a doctor. Let it be a hospital. You know, Jesus is everything good in this world. And we can run to him So I I guess for me, you know, the the last thought, you know, I want to share with you, you know, this morning, you know, especially as families, as we're here, you know, how do we respond to evil and how do we respond to tragedy? Well, hopefully we do it the way that Job's friends did it for seven days. Do you remember the story in Job? When, when Job lost everything, right? And he was suffering. It says his friends, they came to him and they sat with him and they didn't say a word. They did not say a word. They just sat next to him and they mourned with him, Of all the things that I could think of that we could be doing today, you know, isn't trying to run to Uvalde and tell everybody, you know, about the love of Jesus. There's, there's a time and there's a place for all that, but just simply to hurt with them. You think about in your own life when you've suffered and you've gone through painful things, you just have somebody that would cry with you. I mean, the world's looking for somebody that would just cry with them. It's like somebody just understand that I'm in pain, that I'm hurting, that, I, that I'm suffering, and Job's friends, when they came and they did that for a whole week, he said that they were wonderful comforters. It wasn't until they opened their mouth that he said, you guys are miserable comforters. And it's something for us to to take to heart. You know, sometimes it's not, you know, our presence that is uncomfortable. It's the things that we say, thinking that we're helping, you know, in that moment. And so I, I just want to encourage you, you know, is as, I shared this on Wednesday, you know, of all the things I said, you know, that you could do is wherever you're at, I think most of us would would agree with this, wherever you're at, be all there. You know, sometimes we can be so busy in life. And I think of, you know, you as parents today, moms and dads that are here, you know, caretakers, you know, for kids. Um, I mean, it, it's, it could be a tremendous burden. It can be something that is so tiring. and and we can be so distracted by so many other things but just to encourage you today you know is that life is short you know it could happen you know we can be taken you know in a classroom you know when the age of seven eight nine years old you just never know you know uh, scripture tells us you know really the ultimate goal in life is if you could live to be 70 by you know the cause of strength live to be 80 but you know 70, 80 years is still, you know, uh, a short period of time. I'm, I'm 62 and like, like, you know, uh, I feel like I'm Sanford and son, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what was her name? Martha? What was it? What, what was her name? Elizabeth? Yeah. Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> it's just, it's just around the corner, you know. Um, but but to have that with a, a sense of joy because we, we we know in whom we believed and we're convinced of where we will be one day, amen. And that doesn't that doesn't give us a defeatist mentality. Really, it helps us to maximize the moments that we're in because we're not going to always be here together. We don't know, and to be presumptuous. And so, especially as you know, parents of young kids. I mean, in the world we live in today, as men, love them and enjoy them. Um, you know, teach them and train them you know, and the things of God, you know, be Jesus to them, help them to see, you know, that Jesus is real. Um, and yet to understand, you know, we, we don't have all the answers, you know, in in moments like this, when all the tragedies strike in the world and it's okay, you know, because, you know, Paul would write, he said, you know, these things remain faith, hope, and love. He said, but the greatest of these is love. And it showed god 's love you know to people and that 's not just our friends, like I said, we think about those that served in the military that they didn 't just die for their friends they some died for a complete stranger, some died for their enemies, trying to trying to help them and that 's what Jesus did in the ultimate sense. we were all enemies of the cross we, we we became friends by receiving him, but he died for us while what we were still sinners and and, and that the love of God would would capture our hearts, you know, and we think about that, you know, this weekend. And so, you know, again, it's important to remember, you know, life isn't going to develop your faith, it's going to reveal it. And that's why I'm so, so proud of you moms and dads that that are here with kids and for you that, you know, parents that, you know, you've raised your children in the things of God, you've given them the best chance that they have in, in this life. Jesus, again, said it, the truth you'll know and the truth will what? It'll set you free. Yeah. And so we train our children in the way they should go. Um, we just make it such a part of their life that they just don't know otherwise. It's not that, that fallacy that, you know, you train a child in the way he should go. And then when he hits his middle ages or, you know, 17 to 30, they'll, they'll go astray and then they'll come back. That's not what it was teaching at all. What it's saying is, is teach them in the ways of God, teach them in the ways of righteousness that they know it so well. They don't know anything else. Don't, won't be that parent that says, I want to expose my children to everything. And you go, no, all you're going to do is confuse them. No, you know, expose them to truth, expose them to the things of God and, and watch them become healthy and watch them become whole. You know, that's what, that's what perfect is. You know, in the book of James says, you know, with this call of to be perfect is the word whole is that we'd be complete body, soul. And spirit, and so you know. Again, um, I'm reminded, like I said, when I don't, I don't have all the answers. You know, Deuteronomy 29:29 29, 29 says, "The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may be able to do all the words of His law." So what it's saying is, some things we're going to understand, but there's going to be a lot of things that we don't understand. And that's okay. You know, as a parent, rest in that when your kids go, hey, what does that mean? I'm not really sure what that means. But it doesn't deter me from the fact that, you know, I go, again, a God who's, who's so small that I understand everything about him is not big enough to worship. I go, honey, there's just things about God we just don't know. And that's okay. But what we do know is God revealed himself completely to us through his son. If you want to know what God looks like, study the life of Jesus. And that's the best picture that you can ever get of the father is revealed to us through the son because the father and the son are in the sense are one and the same. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And so I rest in this, you know, just in closing, you know, God knows what he's doing when he isn't doing what I want him to do. Would you agree with that? You know, and, and we think about that, you know, they have all the things that are, that are happening, you know, and, and we believe even though we don't understand you know, we, I believe in God. And so what do we do? What do we do? You know, when the enemy is, is wanting to just rip apart this country and we see it, it's happening all around us. We do our part to what, as scripture says, to live peaceable lives, to live quiet lives before the Lord, to do what? To bear each other's burdens you know, to care for each other, you know, think of all the things that go in our bullet and right? you're like, you go, I don't have any kids. And you go, no, but you can, you can love kids and you can sponsor kids. You can work in our children's ministry. You can buy cookies and cupcakes and whatever is also out there and help send a kid to camp, make all the difference in the world, in their life. And you go, that's what we do. We bear each other's burden. Some things are difficult. Some things aren't really difficult, but it's just being there wherever we're at, be all there, you know, and and again, it's such an encouragement to pray for one another. And it's how I want to end, you know, the service today. I want to give you an opportunity, you know, again, and I know this can be uncomfortable, you know, for some, um, and if, if you don't want to pray, just do this. I mean, we're going to give you an opportunity. You know, we do this, you know, a lot of time before COVID, before the service started, Hey, we're going to take a few moments here and we're going to give you an opportunity to greet one another. Well, we're going to, you know, end the service. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And as we close, we're going to pray. And, and again, what I want to do is pray with you and, and pray for you. Um, and then give you an opportunity at the end of worship. You know, don't hurry out of here. Um, you've got plenty of time. It's 11.13. Um, is get around and meet some people today. Don't, don't just hurry out of here today. We're called to bear each other's burdens. And if we're really honest, I mean, think about this. There's not one of us that's here today. That's not carrying some kind of burden, whether it's a burden for yourself or it's a burden for somebody in your life. But we we are burden barriers and and to to be able to cast those those cares upon God. Uh, There's hurts today, you know, that that we carry in this world, whether it's a hurt that you've caused or it's a hurt that's been perpetrated upon you. Um, Pain and, and sorrow is just a part of this life. It's not all of this life, but it's definitely part of this life. One of the great blessings God's given us is the gift of one another. This this is why the church, you know, is is called to be a light that's set on a hill. So unique, you know, from every other other group, you know, people that exist on this planet. Jesus is the head and we're the body, you know, as as each member does its fair share. Uh, We're not an institution in the sense that, you know, and it's become that in many ways where people just come in. uh, It's a time to learn, you know, take notes, then we just go on out. But really it's, it's what Larry mentioned, you know, in worship, God created us for intimacy, intimacy with himself and intimacy with one another, uh, where we could actually, you know, it's like they said, John says, and we beheld him, right? They touched God and, 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 uh, and for us to be able to touch one another, I mean, one of the great destructions of COVID was isolation, where we couldn't get around each other and we couldn't touch each other. That's what the world said. There were some people who said, I don't care. (laughs) Uh, I need a hug, you know, and people would literally call us and go, Hey, can I come to church? And I I need, I need, I need a touch. I need a hug. And you go, absolutely, absolutely. You can. And, And to know that, you know, here we are today and we have this opportunity. It's a Memorial weekend. It's a, it's a weekend where, like I said, we remember those that gave their life and paid the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate being, you know, like I said, our Lord and savior. And then we're reminded, you know, we're still here, you know, there's work to do. Um, there, there's a mission to accomplish there. There's lives to be touched. There's lives to be transformed. There's lives to be changed, including ours, all of ours. And so, you know, the last thing, like I said, um, if, if we're going to really get this right in light of, you know, what took place in Texas this last week is we need to get our theology on death and life in order. You know, the Bible says precious is, is the death and the life of one of the saints. And you go, precious is the death. And you go, right, to be absent with the body is what? Present with the Lord, you know, is to be home, to be home with God. You know, Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 4 puts it like this, says, a good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. And the day that you die is better than the day that you were born. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter for sadness has a refining influence on us. A wise person thinks a lot about death while a fool thinks only about having a good time. You know, the psalmist then would close and say this. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, and you go, what does death do? I mean, what, what's happened? We've, our, our country's been shocked this last week, right? This, these tragic deaths. But it's to put life into perspective that we were created not for earth, we were created for heaven. And Jesus is the bread that's come down from heaven. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, he is the resurrection and the life. And it says, and he who believes in me, though we were dead, what? Yet shall he live. To know that those children today are in the very presence of God brings me tremendous comfort. What, what brings me sorrow is knowing how many people haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord. And to know that it's a gift, that all they need to do is receive it. But they, they buy into the, the lie of the enemy. They're deceived by the wickedness in the world today. And their hearts become cynical and they become hard. But you and I can make a difference today. And how do we do that? We pray. We pray for them. We pray for us. And then we look for opportunities to touch, to care, to serve, to be Jesus in that sense. You know, to allow him to live his life through us, to the world around us. But it begins right here. Because if it doesn't happen here in the church, is it ever going to happen outside? And you go, no. And so take full advantage of it today. Take full advantage of it. Spend some time, whether it's you know, just getting around, meet one or two people that you haven't met yet. And you go, hey, it's good, good to meet you. Uh, you know, I've seen you, but you know, didn't catch your name. This is a great day to do that and to allow God to knit our hearts together. And then to, you know, one of the greatest blessings of the day is to be able to say, hey, can I pray for you? Or will you pray for me? Humble yourself and just say, will you pray for me? I need prayer for this. And, and we all need it. And we could all make a difference in it, and so may God bless you as you go may may hopefully uh, you could stick around and uh, enjoy some time uh, today here on campus and if you can't, like I said uh, enjoy this day and uh, and love one another with the love that God has given us to share. Amen, Father, we thank you for your word, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place. We thank you for our children that could be with us in service today, and uh, Lord. Again, because of what's happened in this country, it just serves as a great reminder that life is short and we don't have any promise or guarantee of tomorrow. And so to maximize every moment that we have together. And Lord, it's one of the great blessings of being the body of Christ, Lord, as we come together to be reminded that this earth is not our home and you're preparing us for heaven. And so we can comfort one another, we can encourage one another, we can pray for one another. We can help each other fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. Lord, we can pray for the world around us. We can pray for the families there in Texas and around the world. Today, we're not limited by anything because you're our God. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in this world. And so, Lord, help us to live with that appreciation, uh, Lord, to know that you are sovereign, you're in control. And that all these things that are happening, though, they're not all good, but they all work together for good to them that love you and are called according to your purpose. And so be glorified today. Again, thank you for those in our military, Lord, those, those that have paid the ultimate price. We pray for their families. We pray your comfort, your peace, Lord, your joy. Lord, would we'll be experienced by all today. And thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you most of all for all that you do, all that you're doing for us. Be glorified in our lives today and this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.